right, guys, welcome to Game Changer. I'm David Villa here. I am without my better half. Diana is not with us today. She'll be back next episode, but we're back as a podcast. We've been out for two weeks. We've been in a conference, um, and I am glad to be back. And today we're going to talk about the first step to a miracle. My pastor, Pastor Aaron Burke at Radiant Church, which is in the Tampa Bay area, eight locations, has been preaching on the miracles of Jesus. And it prompted me to really kind of look into miracles as well. How many know that, you know, uh, when you talk about miracles and you believe for miracles and when you preach about miracles and when you study miracles, signs follow the word, right? The Bible is clear about that, and you will experience a miracle. How many are believing for a miracle? Maybe you're experiencing or believing for a miracle in your in your health or your finances or your business, your career, your purpose, your life in general, your family. I believe God will do that for you. And so this is going to be a short episode because it's just me, and uh, my wife's not here to offer her incredible insight. But we're going to talk about the first step to a miracle, and I'm going to dive right into the story that's found in a couple places in the gospel. But we're going to look at Mark six. We're going to talk about where the we're going to look at it from a different perspective. We've uh, the the story where Jesus. Uh, fed the multitude, but we're going to look at it from a different perspective altogether. And uh, those of you that listen to this podcast, you know, and you can go back and watch the series I think we did last year on God Math. Also, you can go to Uversion and you can download the Faith Factor where we broke that God Math series into a Bible plan called the Faith Factor. We talked about the feeding of the multitude, looked at it from uh, a one perspective there. But I want to talk about it from a couple of perspectives here. Um, and I want to talk about the first step to a miracle. And I want to also look at three things that we do um, kind of almost innately, right, as humans and the disciples, they went right into that same pattern. You'll see it here. So let's look at it here in Mark, the sixth chapter, um, the 34th verse. And it's when Jesus landed right here, uh, you know, and saw a large crowd. The first thing it says that Jesus had compassion on them, okay? And he began to teach them many things. So he he was pulled. I mean, you'll notice God can't help, by the way, uh, but to perform a miracle for his kids, even though his life, okay? I, I've noticed this about my life. I need less of God's miracles in my life when I live his way. I'm going to say it again, when I live his way, when I follow his practices, for instance, when I tithe, when I give properly, when I'm a steward of my money, then I need less financial miracles. Uh, when I, you know, when I eat right, when I exercise, when I take care of my body, I may need less health miracles and so on and so forth, right? You can, you can play, put that, that principle in practice with your marriage, with your children, with your finances and career, with your decision making. But how many know this, that we still need God to perform miracles in our lives and he can't help but perform miracles. It just, it just comes from him because he's a good God. And so he landed here and he saw this crowd and he looked at them as sheep without a shepherd. He had compassion on them. So can I just say that, that God looks at you with compassion and he knows the position you're in. So he began to teach them many things. And, and as he did this, it just kept pulling from him it was. It became late in the day, and so his disciples came to him, and it, they were in a remote place, the Bible says. They said, it's already late, and he said, send the people away so they can go buy themselves something to eat, but he answered them, you give them something to eat. Then he said to them, that would take, they said to him, that would take more than a half of year's wages, and if you want God to do a miracle in your life, the first thing you have to do is admit that you have an unsolvable problem. 
I want to say that again. You, you have to admit that you have an unsolvable problem. If you need a miracle in your life, then you've come to a position where what your finances aren't going to buy it. Your, you know, your talent's not going to do it. You know, what you can do and accomplish and think and dream up in the natural is not going to cut it, right? If you want God to do a miracle in your life, the first thing you have to do is come to a place where you admit you have an unsolvable problem. I want to read Mark 6, 34 through 37 again. When Jesus landed, saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them. He began teaching them many things. By this time, it was late in the day. So his disciples came to him. This is a remote place, they said, and it's already very late. Send the people away so they can go buy themselves something to eat. But he answered, you give them something to eat. Then they said to him, that would take more than a half of year's wages. In this passage, we learn three typical responses to an unsolvable problem in our lives, right? These are the three problems. These are the three typical responses that we give. This is, you can relate to this, maybe all three of them, like I can, or maybe one or two of them, but you certainly, just like the rest of us, right? Humans, we, we will typically respond to these situations in these ways with unsolvable problems in our life, right? We procrastinate, number one, we pass the buck, number two, and then we worry, number three. I'm going to say it again. We procrastinate. How many kicking the canners down the road do I have, right? Listen, and you've you procrastinated, right? You've you put off to tomorrow what can be done today, right? And the second thing is we pass the buck. It's not on me. I've did my part, right? It, that that's that's not my problem. And then third, we worry. Maybe all three of these are things that you might struggle with, but certainly I think you can identify with one or two of them. So first let's look at we procrastinate, right? It was already late in the day when the disciples brought the problem to Jesus. Can I just say that it was beyond lunchtime? All right, they were already hungry. Somebody already came up, Peter, John, James, somebody already came up and said, hey, man, I'm starving, and you know what? It's it's late in the day, man. Lunch was two hours ago. And they begin to talk about this possibly even before lunch. Hey, man, guys, lunch is approaching. What are we going to do here? Are we going to break, take a break, take an intermission? Are we going to send these people away? What are we going to do? It's starting to, you know, I can tell you that, you know, sometimes earlier today, um, I started reaching out to my wife and said, hey, what are we going to do for lunch? And it was around 10 o'clock in the morning. Not that I was hungry then, I was trying to plan. She's like, I'm not even thinking about that. So we could procrastinate just like the disciples did. It was late in the day when the disciples brought the problem to Jesus. So they brought it to him when it was a problem. They brought it to him when it, when it was really one of these things where it's a now thing. Like this has got to be addressed right now because it's beyond lunchtime. It's, it's late now. So they procrastinated. They had all day to figure out how to feed the 5,000 men plus women and children. And so when we have a problem that we can't solve, we just keep putting it off. We delay. We pretend it doesn't exist and we look the other way. How many can relate to that? Right? You just, you just, you just put it off. Right, you 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 constantly look at it. You, you're delaying this thing. I don't want to deal with it right now. I'll deal with it tomorrow. I don't want to. I, I just don't want to mess with this right now. I want to put it off until later, and or we pretend it doesn't exist. Right, we you know like we we don't want to. We if if I if I pretend it's not there, it won't be there. Right, and then we look the other way. How many know that procrastination will not solve the problem, <clears throat> and in many cases, if we procrastinate too long, it'll only exasperate the problem. So, what problem are you avoiding? in your marriage. Come on. What problem are you avoiding in your finances? What problem in your finances have you procrastinated about? What problem in your body are you putting off addressing? So can I just say this? Procrastination only makes problems 
worse, all right? So just like the disciples right here, these are, these are three typical responses. The first one is procrastination, right? Secondly, we pass the buck. We blame other people instead of dealing with the problem. I, I don't know about you, but, you know, um, that's easy to do, right? It's just not, let's just make this not my problem, and then somebody else will handle it. Somebody else will deal with it, and, you know, somebody else will solve it. Instead of dealing with the problem, the disciples wanted to send the people away. So they got to the place where they didn't deal with it. They procrastinated. They didn't plan, <clears throat> right? They, <clears throat> they realized that they, their plan was had some flaws in it. And then so when they got to the place where it became an issue, they were like, hey, let's just send them away. They thought, you know, hey, we, we didn't invite these people out here, right? We didn't promise them food. So they didn't take responsibility for the need and let me ask this question. Have you ever done that with a problem in your life? Have you ever, have you ever done that? Well, I, I didn't, you know, I didn't cause that. It wasn't my fault. You know, I, I, listen, I didn't, I didn't ask them to do that. I didn't, listen, I didn't put them in that position. I didn't tell them that that was what they were going to get. You know, so I, I can tell you I've done that before, and it's how we typically as believers handle unsolvable situations. We just pass the buck. If we, if we procrastinate and we just, we just kind of let it, let it just kick the can down the road. And then secondly, we go to a place where we just say, Hey, you know what? It wasn't my issue. It wasn't my dealing. I didn't handle it. I didn't ask for it. Somebody else would deal with it. That's, that's what the disciples did. Here's the third thing we do. We worry, we fret, we stew, we get anxious, anxiety. The world is full of anxiety, right? And so what happens is, and a lot of these are, these are there's a certain order here as well. Even if you don't maybe struggle with all three of these, somebody listening does. And I will tell you that the more you procrastinate, then the more you will find the need to pass the buck. And when you realize you can't pass the buck and that nobody else is going to fix the situation for you, then a lot of times we start to worry, right? We worry, we fret, we stew, we get anxious, we get stressed out. When Jesus told the disciples to feed the people, right? This you got to keep keep in mind. Lunch is is past. It's like we got to handle this situation. Passing the buck, sending them away. Jesus didn't buy that. Jesus is like, you feed them. So when he told them to feed the people, their anxiety went into overdrive. I, I can just imagine Peter, right, just because of his personality, doing the cost analysis, right? 5,000 men plus women and children. How are we ever going to get the food? And, and how are we going to keep it hot, right? How, how are we going to distribute it? How are we going to clean it up? What are we going to do here? And all of a sudden, they go into hyperdrive. They get stressed out. They get anxious and start to worry, just like we do when we face seemingly unsolvable problems. Right? The disciples procrastinated, they passed the buck, and they worried. And that's what we do. So let's look at what's wrong with the picture. Right? Because can I be honest with you? We can't blame them. We certainly can't judge them. We can't, even, we can't even say, like, I don't understand why they did that. Like, what were they thinking? Because the reality is, if I were in that situation as a disciple, which, by the way, if you're a believer in Christ, you are a disciple— and you are in these types of situations, not literally, but you are in figuratively situations that seemingly are unsolvable. You're in situations that you can't control. So how do you react? I can answer honestly and say that I react these very same way. And if I were in this situation, I'd probably react the very same way. I'd like to think that I was the guy that, you know, that would say, hey, you know, we're, we're standing here with Jesus. But you understand something. They didn't have the Bible. They were walking around with the word, with Jesus, but they didn't have the Bible 
to look back on. And, you know, even though we do, we still make the same mistakes. But, you know, so, so let's look at what's wrong with this picture, right? They're standing next to Jesus, the guy who could easily turn stones into bread if he wanted to. Yet when he tells them to do something, they say, Lord, that's practically, financially, and humanly impossible. Did you get that? Lord, that's practically, financially, and humanly impossible. They're looking at it from, the, the, you know, that can't be done. We can't afford that. You, you, no, one's ever, no one's ever done that before. How, what, you, what is he talking about? So here's the thing. Has God ever asked you to do something impossible and you replied, Lord, I don't have the time. I don't have the money. And I don't have the energy. I don't have the education. You just fill in the blank. God, I, I, don't, I don't have the blank. I don't have the blank. I don't have the blank. Right? I don't have the money. I don't have the time. I don't have the energy. I don't have the education to do this. So the, the first step to a miracle is realizing that you're standing next to Jesus, that you, that you have the, the, the miracle worker on your side. If you're facing an unsolvable situation, the first step to a miracle is realizing, and it's really the only step to a miracle, right? Because you're realizing, you could have your faith, your faith, don't let the enemy condemn you, your faith doesn't have to be perfect. Because the reality is, the man, the, the centurion man said, I believe, help my unbelief. The, one of my favorite passages because it showed his humanity. So you don't have to have perfect faith, but you have to understand that you're standing next to and you are living with and you have inside your heart and you serve and you, 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 are, you are saved by and rescued by and redeemed by the one who can do it all, right? So even if you don't have the education, even if you don't have the money, even if you don't have the energy, even if you don't have the time, I believe this, you have the Jesus and you have the answer. So God wants us to do the impossible because he wants to stretch our faith. When you have an unsolvable problem, just admit it, then wait to see how God can turn it into a miracle. Amen? That's the first step to a miracle. I hope this touched you today. Listen, make sure you subscribe to us on YouTube. We want uh, you to find every episode that we have. We want you to be notified. Share this. Tell somebody else about this podcast if it's a blessing to you. Also, you can find us on Spotify and Apple. Make sure you download. Please download our Game Changer app. We've had, we have close to 10,000. We're going on 10,000 people that have downloaded this app over the last 12 months, and that is such a blessing. Glory be to God. And there's resources on there. So if you're in the marketplace, there's resources for you. I believe it will be a blessing for you. You can go to Apple, Android, Google. You can go to Roku. You can go to any of the uh, app stores, and you can just look by uh, typing in Game Changer by IPD Agency, and you can find our app there and uh, join our community. Listen, we love you guys. We look forward, Diane and I both, to being back next week as we're going to dive into a brand new podcast. Uh, if you tag us on social media, please, uh, please do. We would love to see what God's doing in your life. Appreciate you guys. Love you. See you next time on Game Changer.